Gestalt IT is proud to present the On-Premise IT Roundtable. On this episode, we're clearing up some confusion that's been caused by the fine folks in marketing. Caching and tiering each have their own role in enterprise storage. The Roundtable clears up the technical differences between the two. To follow all the participants on the Roundtable and to get more episodes, be sure to check out gestaltit.com slash podcast. I'm Stephen Foskett. I'm the organizer of the Tech Field Day event series and also of Gestalt IT. And this is the Gestalt IT Roundtable podcast. Thanks for joining me. Um, today, we have a panel of folks from Storage Field Day 11 here in beautiful San Francisco, California. And we are talking about a very, very nerdy storage topic. We are talking about tiering versus caching. And as Curtis points out, does it matter? We will certainly end the discussion with this definitive, definitive conversation. So let me start off with James. I'm James Green. I'm on Twitter as at JD Green. W. Curtis Preston from Storage Switzerland. I am at WC Preston. Chris Evans at uh, Chris M. Evans on Twitter. Alistair Cook at Jimmy Tess You know, yours is the only one that's not your name. It is, and that was a conscious but probably foolish decision. Yes, you are just like a real short cup of coffee. Small and powerful. Small and powerful. Excellent. So speaking of small and powerful, um, well, actually, that's not a really good lead-in, but what can we say? So um, tiering and caching. As long as there has been storage, there has been a discussion of tiering and caching. I remember uh, my first, one of my first storage array purchases was an EMC Clarion. And what was the innovation of the Clarion? Caching. Really, really smart caching. And that's why this little box became the big box. You know, this little box could do many powerful things. But now we have tiered storage, we have cloud storage, we have gateways, we have all sorts of things. And there's confusion over exactly what we mean by tiered storage, by caching. Um, And so my metaphor has always been this. Your house is tiering, the hotel is caching. You know, you can sort of, you can temporarily reside in the hotel, but eventually you're going to go home, probably. Um, If you've got a house, right, you can move to a bigger house, you can move to a smaller house, you can move closer to your job, whatever, but that's your house. That's where you live, and you don't generally um, have, it's not temporary, you know? Is that that a good metaphor? And Yeah, and tiering, you are permanently changing the the, the location of the data, whereas caching, you're just making a copy of it at a different place. Mm -hmm. How's that? Okay. So we're all in agreement. Yes. Yeah, and there's another way to characterize it as well, which is that if, if you are using a tiering, then the fast piece of storage counts towards the capacity of the overall system. Yes. Whereas if you're using caching, only the slower component of the storage counts as capacity. The fast piece is not a persistent capacity if it's a cache. Yeah, that's, a really, that's a really good point. It's a good way of identifying yeah. So if you've got, I don't know, a, a 900 gigs of slow di- storage and 100 gigs of fast storage, mm. and the total usable capacity is a terabyte, then we are tiering. And if the total Absolutely. usable capacity is 900 gigs, then we are caching, no matter how you've implemented it. Mm. Correct. Well, we've solved it, right? Yeah. Why is there so why, controversy here? So why do vendors sometimes refer to one as the other. So why do vendors who do caching keep trying to call them tiering? You need to look back at why you do them in the first place, I think. Yeah. So let's unpack this. So cache, caching is done because 
you can't afford to put all of your data on the fastest possible storage. Right. And in most architectures, it's physically impossible to put all of your data right next to the processor. Right. You would love to put all of your data in memory. It doesn't work. And the memory is not persistent. So you cache to allow you to access the, the data that you want to get to, which is typically not all of the data. Right. Because only a subset of your data is ever busy at any one time. So you cache what is active in order to basically make it look like it's all sitting on expensive storage when it's not. And tiering is about trying to predict what you think is going to be the most active data and moving it around in order to optimize the cost of buying persistent storage. Caching to me is more about performance. Tiering is more about cost. Hmm. To a certain degree. It's an interesting perspective. Tiering tends to be... We're going to put the less used, it's, it's, it's almost the other way. We're going to take the less used data and put it on slower storage and maybe even more slower storage, God forbid, even tape, right? Um, but whereas caching is more about taking and, and you know, improving the performance. Now, that is an interesting perspective. So in, in, in other words, um, yeah, so, so it's the direction of the data. Is it flowing towards slower and cheaper right. or is it sl- flowing towards faster and more and expensive. And obviously it can be yanked back, yeah. right, if it gets hot again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, again, to me, it's about moving versus copying. And I, I don't, I guess the answer to my earlier question is that tiering sounds sexier and newer than caching, which is why vendors who clearly do caching are calling their products tiering. But th- there is a little bit of fatigue on the idea of tiering as well, because there are tiering schemes that happen overnight and and so what was hot today is suddenly on your fast storage tomorrow but what's hot tomorrow is going to be different from what was hot today mm-hmm. and so there's a there are some places where this idea of tiering is a bad thing correct and that caching is more likely to deliver the performance that you want honest because my product caches and then of course there's also a lot of these cloud gateway products and so on that um, cache a hundred percent of the data yes so in other words every byte that lives in the cloud also lives internally for example dropbox on your laptop right that is clearly a cache but (laughs) it is you know all of the data is right there on your laptop versus dropbox on the iphone which is much more obviously a cache because the data is not on there unless you've recently accessed it so just to um, follow up on alistair's comment i think there's a really important uh, um, discussion there and that's all almost all tiering solutions are are reactive to the profile of the data. And they look at it post-process, either very quickly or over a longer period of time, and they make decisions to move stuff around in a reactive way. Whereas, theoretically, with a cache, you can use a cache to get stuff um, or, or, or to get access to data very, very quickly compared to a tiering solution. So you can write to the cache as well as read to the cache. So you can potentially speed up write I.O., which you couldn't do with tiering, because oh, sure tiering would move stuff around too slowly. Sure you could. You could, you could. A tiering system can work the same way, where you, you write everything to the fastest tier first, mm-hmm. and then if nobody looks at it, then it Absolutely. eventually gets moved. So that's why I right? said almost all of them, okay. rather than all of them. Oh, I, I missed, I missed the A is word. a good example of one where it writes to the fastest tier and cascades it down afterwards. But right. yes, I agree, that's still, you know, that is a, a subset of it that... So, right. you, things. so you just brought up writing, which leads me to the other big question with caching, and that is write-only versus, you know, or write-through versus write-back. Well, there are three types, huh? Yeah, that's right around. Right around. Well. Yeah. And uh, what, do you, uh, what do you have to say about that? So, write-back, you acknowledge in the cache, and you give the acknowledgement back straight away. 
So you need to protect that data because if you lose the cache, you lose the, the, the data. Right through, you write it down to the bottom level of cache and, sorry, the bottom level of storage through the cache, but it's in the cache. So if it's reread in a short space of time, yeah, you can get fast I.O., but you've also got it on persistent storage, so you don't need to protect that cache in a resilient manner. And right around is for when you've got objects that never need to be cached, like, you know, an MP3 file or something that you're not, you don't want to pollute the cache because it's too big and it's going to get in the way. So those are the three styles. And I think right, right, um, right back cache is great, but obviously it requires a lot more engineering to make sure it works. Um, and it can have problems if you've got something like, say, a dual controller architecture in a storage array. Or a many controller Or a many controller yeah. architecture where if you lose some of that cache, you end up having to turn it off and mm -hmm. performance sucks. And we know all the products that used to do that. The way you described it made right through sound great. But what you didn't say is then your ACK won't come back until it's been written to the slow storage. So you have a latency issue to address. Absolutely. That, right? so, so, so right through is great if you, if you know you're going to read it very quickly again. But it doesn't help you on your write pro, uh, profile. So um, are all those same discussions applicable to tiering? Can you have write through tiers and write back tiers and write around tiers? No, I think tiering by, I don't want to say by definition, but tiering, each tier must have protection on it. So you don't really have that. You can write directly to the first tier if that's flash, and you don't have the risk that mm -hmm. it's. But it's fairly you know, common for tiered storage to have different types of protection for different you know, different types. I mean, um, you know, I'm thinking of uh, you know, you might have like RAID six on yes. your disks, and you might have RAID one on your flash to preserve the performance. RAID one is not protection. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, you're right. That's definitely been the case. And I think you end up um, trying to come up with a balance of cost and performance when you're looking at that. Um, and availability does come into it to a certain degree. But that was done because um, as we got to larger drives, we ended up having to use RAID 6 in order to make sure that the protection loss we had from having bigger drives was corrected by mm -hmm. double parity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... You know, um, James, when the rubber hits the road and people are trying to implement these things, what do they need to think? Well, one thing that uh, with regard to your economic statement just now that I'm thinking about is uh, another thing that comes into play is how you're handling compression and deduplication in the cache or that tier, because obviously the better you can reduce that data, the more you can store in the more expensive disk. Um, and so... Two things, I guess, are important. How you're doing that, whether that's, you know, inline yes. deduplication or post-process deduplication. And then, um, I forgot what the second one yeah. was. But anyway, that's... The yeah. And, and, of course, that begs another question, uh, maybe for another day, which is compression, deduplication, and single-instance storage. You know, I mean, let's fight between those topics as well, right? Well, so certainly, if you look at it from a caching perspective, if you're running a VDI solution... That's great to have that data in cache because it can be massively deduped mm -hmm. right. and you can effectively you know, um, save yourself a huge amount of uh, read activity because you you your active profile is so much bigger effectively because mm -hmm. of the dedupe ratios. But we're just blurring all of the technology. <laughs> exactly. And, well, that, and that's what the read cache people say is right, is right there. They say you know, a read cache can be extremely effective because if you take the IOPS out, the read IOPS out, then you're only writing, it actually accelerates the writes because they're not competing with the reads. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to the original question, though. Does it matter? Like, I mean, cer certainly write back versus write through and all of that matters very much in terms of how it performs and 
but does it, I mean, are we just arguing over words? Does it matter whether or not a solution is using caching or, or tiering? If, it, if we're just talking about two tiers, because to mm -hmm. me, tiered solution implies like at least two, maybe even three, right? Um, maybe even four. There are tiered solutions to do, you know, a fourth one, which is pretty much going to be tape, right? But does it matter? Like if, if we're just talking about a product that has two tiers, whether it be cash and not cash or not, does it matter? That's, that's a great point. And I think it goes back to Alistair's point of capacity. Essentially, I, th I think one area that it would really matter, whether it's a tier or a cash, mm. is in terms of usable or, or you know, total capacity. You know, if, if in my in my example, you know, if you if you spent whatever it costs for a terabyte, and you can only ever use nine hundred gigs of slow storage, because it's not a tiered solution, it's a caching solution that you bought. I think that matters. Yeah. It and so the question is, does a tiering solution therefore always cost more than an equivalently capa capacitied? Depends on your working set here. Well, well, let's I'm using too many words up here. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, well, I, I, no, no, no. A, a, a caching solution, solution should, cost more. should always cost more than a tiered solution. Right. For the same capacity the same and capacity. performance. Yeah. So I think right. I just touched on it, Jim. So let's, let's go back over that one. It's really important. So, Working set. Yeah, I mean, whether or not it's more expensive depends on how, how much data is being evicted from your cache to be replaced by something else that's now hot. Because if if your working set is relatively small and stagnant and you can always be reading that out of cash, it changes your economics versus if it's constantly cycling through. Yeah. Different so the example like would be, say, say like you had a huge, like you like, or a huge media archive where the access was completely random. So you never had the same stuff being accessed that frequently. Um, and then you would just put it all on faster storage and don't bother caching any of it because the cache will, will, it will no be ineffective, particularly yeah. because if you've got large, large volumes of media, that yeah. you're going to exceed the cache size anyway. Yeah. Your, your active data set is going to be vast. But I think there's another aspect as well that I'm actually oddly siding with, with Preston on this, is that um, I don't actually care, or most customers don't care. Mr. Preston. Most, Mr. Preston. <laughs> um, most customers don't care uh, because they care about their application. Does it deliver the performance for my application? And all of the technical details under there is somebody else's problem for the guy who signs the checks. Right. Absolutely, the architect who's got to select the products, or, or more crucially, the people designing the actual products we choose to buy are making those decisions. It's seldom a customer who is saying, I want to buy a tiered solution rather than a cached solution. They'll say, I want a solution to this problem and just give me products that, that solve these problems. And, and it strikes me that a lot of this is just um, an artifact of the way that we do storage. You know, I mean, if, if, if storage was done on a much more microscopic scale in terms of, you know, provisioning and writing and deploying storage to different devices and so on. I mean, it, it's only because devices are very large that we care to cache them, you know, because they tend to be a mixed set of data. It's usually not a unified working set, like Chris is pointing out. It's usually a mixed set of data just because the uh, the artifact, the historic ar historical artifact of LUNs and file systems um, you know, it means that there's always some hot data and some cold data all mixed together, or at least in most cases there are. And that's why we have to think about tiering and caching. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't probably have to worry about it. No, because ultimately at the end of the day, we always have latency. Mm -hmm. Latency was zero 
we would never have an issue and then we could just not even have this conversation. Yeah. Well, we've solved it. <laughs> All right. No, really, we, I, think, I think we've gotten somewhere here. So we've, we've come to a, a, a few interesting workable definitions of tiering versus caching. We've got copy versus move. We've got, you know, um, total capacity. Uh, we've talked about the different ways of implementing a cache. Uh, we've talked about why we do this in practice. Um, I, I think we've done a good job of this. You guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, so, it's good to have you do this. So we can never talk about it again. We can never talk about <laughs> it again. It has been it's solved. Finished. Yep. It's finished. All right. Um, on our next episode, we're going to cover peace in the Middle East. But until then, this is Stephen Foskett uh, for the Gestalt IT Roundtable Podcast. You can find more of these podcasts at gestaltit.com slash podcast. And you can learn about this event that brought us all together by going to techfieldday.com. Thanks for listening. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is once again brought to you by Gestalt IT, home to IT coverage from across the enterprise. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at GestaltIT and at Facebook.com slash GestaltIT. Very original. The On-Premise IT Roundtable is produced by Rich Straffolino. That's me. Until next time, from all of us here at Gestalt IT, have a super sparkly day.